Coyotes in action tonight at Mullet Arena against the Ottawa Senators, wrapping up a three-game homestand, trying to snap a six-game losing streak. And uh, Shane Doan joins us right now here on Bickley and Murata. Mornings, Donor. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. What up, Donor? Um, not long ago, we were talking about a hockey team that was starting to surprise <laughs> yeah. some people. Three straight wins, back-to-back wins over Colorado and Toronto. Now you got six straight losses. And a couple of losses against some of the lower-tier teams in the league. What's been the biggest difference during this uh, this losing streak than what we saw against uh, those teams that I mentioned in the win streak, Shane? You know what? There's been moments in every game that we've played that we've actually played exactly the way we want to, and we're just we're not finishing the we're not finishing sixty minutes. Um, we're having mental lapses, and and then when we do, it's it's significant mistakes, which this group has kind of stayed away from for the most part all year. Where you know there, there's a breakdown, but the, someone's always able to help the other group the the other guy out and um, right now it just seems every time we make a mistake it ends up in our net and it seems to happen quickly and and it's and as you look over it it's it's hard not to acknowledge that that last this last road trip the beginning of the year was so hard and I think mentally the guys prepared for that and were able to prepare for that and then Christmas came and it was kind of like okay we've got through this part of the season okay we're under the second half we got some and you kind of take a breath. And whenever you take a breath in professional sports and kind of just drop 10% of your guard, then you're in trouble. And it's kind of the feeling. And Bear's an unbelievable coach, and he's trying to ramp them back up and get them going again. But that's a hard that's a hard human nature to, to battle. No doubt about it. I, I was going to ask you about that because I forget what game I was watching recently, and I think the Coyotes had one of those second periods where they gave up three or four goals, and it was just seemed to be one after another after another. Um, what do what do mature hockey teams do to kind of negate teams that are on that kind of zone when they're coming at you hot and heavy and they get one in the back of the net? How, how do you stop that from sort of like being a snowball going down the mountain? Because sometimes the games can get lopsided on you quickly, and that's happened a couple of times to this team. Yeah, and, and it really goes back to your identity as a group. When things aren't going right, you need to have kind of – and I mean, you use all the cliches of the other sports. Like it's it's your running game. When the things when things aren't going well, you just you gotta you gotta be physical. You gotta hand the ball off and run. You gotta, if it's your your pitcher, you gotta get back. You gotta use your fastball. You got it's the things that you identify as that you know you can do when everything is kind of crumbling. What is the one thing that you can put your identity in and, and fall back on? And I think that's. That's the good teams. You watch the good teams play, and it's their forecheck, or maybe it's their D zone coverage, or maybe it's just the the speed through the neutral zone. We got to get that identity, and um, I think it's kind of always been our work. It's been the the work ethic. We've ran into a few injuries that have kind of got us a little thin, and we're like the last couple games are going with eleven forwards and seven D and. That's just not. It, it makes it a little bit more more difficult for guys. So we just got to find um, that identity that we've kind of hung our hat on and, and get back to that a little bit. And I think we are. It's just it's there's moments when you you let your guard down, and it's it's impossible for that not to happen. Shane Doan, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. You, you mentioned it earlier about the team, <clears throat> you know, early in that season, we talked so much about that 14-game road trip, which wasn't a continuous road trip, but the fact that you don't play a home game and you don't have those those friendly confines for that long has got to play tricks on you. Uh, and, they, and they got through that, but, you know, when you look at it, and, and you've talked so much, Shane, about 
All right, the second half of the season, there's a lot of home games, but still not a stretch longer than four straight at home. That seems a little bit <laughs> unfair, uh, quite honestly. Doesn't it? Yes. Doesn't it? I was laughing. I was talking with our trainers, who they bear the brunt of it. Like, in professional sports, everyone talks about the athletes and how hard it is in the schedule. Not how hard, but the schedule and the grind and everything. But when you talk to the trainers and what their days are and what their schedules are, it's literally insane. And they were saying, oh, we don't have, I think we're only home for nine days. That's the longest stretch we're home for the entire year. And when you do something like that road trip where you're on the, you don't play at home for 30, I think we didn't play at home for 38 days. Mm-hmm. You, you assume that there's going to be a stretch where you kind of, you know, recruit that. But the way that the schedule works out, we got a, we got a, one game here to Dallas, one game here to San Jose, another game. It's just constant. And last year, when you you looked at what what the New York Islanders went through, where they kind of went through a similar thing with their building, they were they were seven they went seven games with the Stanley Cup winners two years in a row, and the following year they missed the playoffs by like eight points because of that stretch and how hard and how difficult their schedule was. Mm. And their schedule was easy compared to ours that we look at this year. And it just, I mean, that's the business of hockey and that's the way it goes sometimes and new buildings and new changes and you have to deal with it. And as an athlete, you have to understand no one cares. No one feels sorry for you. You got to go out there and find a way to compete. This question is going to sound ridiculous, but it's actually kind of serious. Why has load management never taken root in hockey where scheduling can be as difficult as it is in the NBA. Uh, I'm not I'm not totally sure. We do laugh about it as a as a league sometimes. That and, and I think you look at the minutes that a basketball player plays where he's on the court um and it's it's something that as a as a as a hockey player you you roll through 20 guys so it's not rolling through 12. Right. And I think that probably makes a big difference. But could you imagine? Could you imagine being a hockey player rolling into a a room and saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm not feeling quite right. I need to get some rest. I'm going to take tonight off." What would? How would the room in an NHL dressing room react to that, donor? You might not be allowed back into that room. (laughs) Well, at least that's right. At least, at least not in that city. You might get get to do it in a few other cities, but you're not doing it in the same city twice. (laughs) But it's it is it's crazy. Are the guys like? It's crazy their willingness to block shots and put their body on the line. I'm walking through the dressing room and watching guys get they're getting swelling pushed out of their ankles. I'm like, what happened? Ugh. He's like, oh, I took a shot in the ankle. It's like, it's like they don't even. I didn't even know what happened, and they just they keep going and they and they, they're having to massage all the swelling out, and it's literally black. But it's like, oh, we'll get that out. Don't worry, we'll get that out. You don't even know that that's going on. That's yeah. just the way guys are. Yeah, uh, an extreme example, and I brought this up on, on Monday's show, the Blake Wheeler story, that back in December, he takes a shot um, and plays through the game. Turns out the injury was, he ruptured one of his boys, Shane, and played through a ruptured one. What What's the worst, what's the worst injury you ever played through in your career? Ah, uh, oh man, I... I did my AC joint pretty bad one time, and that one was that was tough. Oh, you know what? I popped the center, so I ripped the cartilage out of my sternum, 
Oh. Which hurt to drive a vehicle. Like, oh. I, you couldn't drive because I couldn't get my arms up to set it on the steering wheel. <laughs> and I kept playing, and that was dumb. Did you drive with your knee, I, donor? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, good, please continue. But that was that was dumb to the, the one. In, it, it hurt the most because... I was afraid to get bumped by anybody, and yet at the same time, you had to go out and try to hit people. And it, it hurt to, like, breathe oh. at times. The sternum and your ribs, those are, I think when you talk to anyone, whenever you hurt your sternum ribs, those are the ones that uh, you, you just can't ever get comfortable until it's back, and it never gets back for the rest of the year. You're going to play with that one for the rest of the year, and it's no fun. It's such a great topic because hockey players are legendary, legendarily tough. Lastly, where does this ethos come from in the NHL? Where does this – we revere this game so much that we are going to play in these various states of injury? <laughs> Yeah, there, I think there's an element that, you, without a doubt, guys take pride in it. And so once that starts to happen, then, then you, uh, it seems to have to take on kind of a, its own energy. And we got to, and guys keep doing it. Also, though, I think there are so many guys that are so close to being in the NHL. And the difference between being in the NHL and not being in the NHL and the difference between being in the NHL and not being in the NHL with the minor league system and the way how close guys are that nobody wants to leave the game. And um, and I think that probably is as big a, a life as, uh, you know, yeah, preserve your career as long as you can because you know that someone's going to replace it. And I, I think that's with all the sports. That's why you see guys playing through, you know, things that uh, that, that hurt and, and and guys. And then once the guys start taking pride in it, once it gets in your room, you can see guys that just continue to battle through stuff that yeah. you can't believe. Well, Shane, don't feel bad. At times, it was equally as painful to watch you play. So. Oh, Jared, <laughs> I'm that's sorry. ridiculous. I'm sorry. He, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, Jared's been quiet for like, it's got to be like six or seven shows now. Uh, so not I've quite been waiting, enough. and I give it to him about it. I'm like, yeah, you, you have nothing? You have nothing for me right now, Jared? I can't believe this. <laughs> Well, at least you got one shot in. Don't yeah, there we go. There always we go. good to talk to you. We will uh, chat again next week. Enjoy the rest of your week, man. All right. And, hey, I can't believe you guys gassed me for everything that was going on for the football. Like, that's unbelievable. A minute before you guys end the show. Do they not know they needed to at least release that news a little sooner? Because it was supposed to be on Tuesday. Conspiracy theorists might say that the, the, the events might be related, donor. <laughs> <laughs> there Be well, Shane. We'll talk to you next See you week. Bud.